0: Welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Money and More with me, Leslie Thomas. Today, I have another great guest to share with you all. This is a conversation I have been really looking forward to, as it's something that I don't know the hugest amount about. And as someone who is very curious, I'm really excited to learn more about the topic we're about to delve into. Brittany Welsh is a mother of two, marketing executive and manifestation expert. She demystifies the process of manifesting to help people tap into their unlimited creating potential and manifest their desired reality. Brittany, it is so good to have you on the podcast. A very, very warm welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. So I
0: ask every guest the same question, and that question is, what is your money story?
1: My money story is <laughs> of inconsistent cash flow. I grew up in a very small area in New Jersey and my parents grew up in that same small area. So it's, it's definitely generational. And some of our behavioral patterns around money was to live paycheck to paycheck to spend the money before he even received it. So my mother had the habit of writing down how she was going to spend her um, lottery winnings when she won the lottery. So money had already been sent before it even flowed in. And I, I just didn't have a real... Because I didn't have anybody around me in this area. It was all middle income, where I couldn't really see how what I was doing was worth more money. So I consistently struggled, not only my childhood of having the inconsistency of um, we had a short sale on our home when my parents divorced. And then we lived in, in um, a hotel for approximately a month and two months. And then we moved into a rental that my mom had to spend by for the whole year because her credit wasn't so great. And then after that year was up, all the money was gone because we had furnished the location that was not ours. Then I moved in with my grandfather. So I jumped to different schools and it just impacted my life. It was such a big component of my life and character in my life, but one where it was not the supportive figure that it could have been. And unbeknownst to me, I had developed these same behavioral patterns around money. I would constantly be thinking of ways to spend money. I mean, that's also very easy, I think, for people because we're constantly being told how we should be spending our money. So Indeed. it's not yeah. necessarily uh, directly from my parents. I know society and culture has a lot to do with how we respond as people, but it, it just... I always thought that there was something wrong with me, but couldn't identify what it was or why I was struggling. And it wasn't until I got really clear. I mean, to the same point of I, my ex-husband and I, we struggled to pay our electric bill and they shut our electric off one winter. You know, it was the same yeah. patterns over mm-hmm. and over again. But I just couldn't see how I was creating these money patterns in my life, or how to stop them. So I, the only thing I could think of doing was to say, "Hold oh, Jesus, take the wheel," and put myself into manifesting. It's like, well, somebody, some people are saying this works. Maybe that's something I can do. So I would just hope in a prayer that manifesting was real and hope that money came my way. And then I was like. my understanding of how manifesting works was I had to spend money. So I told the universe that I was ready for more money. And then that's how I grew my abundance. Unfortunately, I wasn't the type of person who generated an income or managed their money properly. So I was still very inconsistent. And it wasn't until I, I understood the process of how we manifest and that it really does have a lot to do with who you are and what you create. You have to be somebody who creates the stability for you to have the stability with money. And uh, it, then my life started to shift and I, I could see the air of my ways.
0: Now I'm somebody who doesn't know a huge amount about manifesting. It's always held a bit of a fascination for me mm-hmm. um, because the, the the people I am aware of who claim to be manifestors, certainly do seem to have manifested great lives for themselves. Tell me more about it.
1: Manifesting is simply creating a physical reality. It's something that we can see. So we're always manifesting, either consciously or unconsciously. We consciously manifest by setting an intention and being steadfast towards that intention of what you intend to create. We unconsciously manifest through our thoughts, feelings, and actions in each moment of every day. So these habits that I had around money were manifesting into instability with money. Yeah. And I was just constantly manifesting or creating it unbeknownst to me. And I think a lot of people, when they think about manifesting, they think of all the money that they're going to manifest... They don't realize that they're manifesting all the financial insecurities that they started out with that make them want the financial freedom to feel at peace with themselves. So it's not necessarily something that is even questionable (laughs) at this point. But it is something that I think will develop as a species of really getting to fine tune. Okay, well, what am I creating for myself right now. And if I want again if I want to manifest more money, well I have to have the thoughts of somebody who creates more money, the feelings of somebody who creates more money and feels comfortable asking for for money and the actions of somebody. And this could be very I'll give you an example of how I started manifesting money in my life was when I understood this process and this is a this is how the the process of cognition. This is how we process information yeah. from the world around us. So again, just purely science. It's not mystical, magical. It's sort of, I believe it's magical because it's. Uh, I think it's incredible how we're able to create. But I had to then train my brain to say there are opportunities for money all around me. So I had to have these recurring thoughts of I'm always seeing opportunities to create money. What happens from there is affirmations are a way of persuading yourself of a new belief. When we hold something as a belief or conviction, we begin that that's the information we tell our brain is relevant. And we want to process that into our awareness. So as I affirm money is all around me, there are plenty of opportunities for me to create money. I start to have these ideas, light bulb moments of different ways to make money, but there's so many different ways to make money. I could sell something on Facebook Marketplace. I could sell an online course. I could write an ebook. I could go next door and mow the lawn. I could um, make an NFT. You know, There's a multitude of ways to make money. And so now I'm the type of person who has the thoughts of different ways to, to create money. When I feel good about that, it's 10-10. When I feel good about that, I know that my belief is in alignment with what I'm saying. So if I'm saying there are always ways for me to create money, I feel good when I say that because that's my ultimate truth. Then I begin to take those inspired actions towards going across the street and asking if I can mow the lawn. That's somebody who creates money because the intention and the focus is of creating money. And now here I am manifesting reality where I'm constantly creating money. There's no, there's no balance to the money that I can generate for myself. And then that, you know, develops into other things of. I have to be somebody who one asks for it, even expects it. So because we're affirmations are persuading, I can start with, I, I, I find ways to create money. My brain will happily do that for me. It's an incredible tool. From there, I asked for money. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm feeling comfortable asking because it's my belief that I'm somebody who asks for money. And then I expect money. When I show up and I say, I'm a, or I have an expectation that I generate XYZ amount each day, I show up and I'm like, no, I we're going to make the sale because this is my expectation and we're going to meet that expectation. And my brain will find all the information to make that possible. And again, now I've created this money for myself. So back up because I said I was going to give you an example. When I realized this is how it worked, I realized I was never asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so crazy. I mean, I was like, maybe I was like, maybe kind squeaking of a, maybe just a little bit if you want to toss some of that my way because that was my relationship with money. Yep. I didn't do anything that was high value. Well, I had to convince myself that I had something of high value. And I felt that this was information about manifesting was incredibly valuable because I felt stuck or manifesting was something I didn't know when I was making all the classic mistakes. And so then I I ended up saying, okay, well, if I I want to make money, I have this information that's of high value. I was like, I have to put it up online. So I listed a course I had already for approximately 2 weeks been talking about manifesting on TikTok, had generated a couple thousand followers, and then was thinking, now I have to ask. <laughs> Nothing happens unless I ask. I have to be somebody who asks for it so I can manifest it. And I listed the course, sold 24 of the course. It was low price. It was like 19 And then I thought, oh, now the only thing that's holding me back for more money is that I'm not somebody who asks for more money. I'm, not, I'm somebody who asks for a little bit of money. <laughs> so now I have to be somebody who asks for more money. I'm going to affirm this course is worth This course is worth $297. When it feels good, I believe it. Now I can sell it with absolute certainty of, you'll get what you you pay for. It's absolutely worth that value. And then before I knew it, it was just one thing after another that I got to create for myself. And then... So that was one way that I manifested money. Another way was I affirms that there were all these possibilities. And I had a light bulb moment or an idea when I saw somebody on TikTok saying that they were looking for a business partner for their marketing agency. And I thought, Oh, that sounds like that, that's a way to make money. And I'm in marketing. I come from my own backgrounds in uh, social media marketing and general marketing. But um, I just applied really quickly, got on the phone call with him. And I just knew with absolute certainty that I was qualified for the role. I believed I was qualified for the role and that it was absolutely mine. And this goes along with, it was my belief that, that that was my absolute truth. So when I showed up on this call, I think I even said to him, I know you're going to kick me. <laughs> and so we did He's like, okay, I have other people. He's like, I really like this It's Like, I know that feels good. It feels, it feels right. And now here I am, what's it, six, eight months later, um, this is the company Brands Meets Creators, where we partner brands with TikTok creators, and we generate $40,000 months. So yeah. It, yeah. it's just been incredible. We just keep upping our prices. So we're doing affirmations throughout. It's It's an incredible practice.
0: So essentially, manifesting is intentionally asking for something and creating the action upon which to
1: make it happen. Right so if you think about when you set your sights on doing something and you you block out all the other all the other distractions you have a clear focus and you know when you tell your brain that's exactly where you're going your brain will then say will make the decisions to help get you there because again it's a really incredible tool so if you believe that that's where you're heading and you affirm it and you you feel really good about it when you're doing it those actions you take we're not second guessing anymore. We're not saying, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that, which keeps you in a paralysis, which prevents you from going and getting what you want. So you get to clear that pathway to head towards where you're going. There's also this added layer of, when we talk about the law of attraction of this magnetic attraction, when you're in a high vibrational state, I don't usually talk about it because it's not scientifically proven yet. So I just go based off of, listen, this is how the brain functions. When you set your intention on something, you believe that's possible for you. Your brain is an incredible tool. It will filter out what's not relevant to you anymore and keep you focused on what you're going towards. If you're uncertain whether or not that's in your future, you very likely won't see it, won't see all the opportunities. I can describe this very clearly as saying, Choose something today that you're going to see, like whether it be a recurring number, a specific animal that resonates with you, a specific sound or or something along those lines, but just pick something. And again, just tell yourself, I'm going, you know, I want to see a frog today, which was what my turning point was. And I was going for a run and seconds after I said, I want to see a frog today, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a frog lawn ornament. And then a couple of houses later, I see another frog lawn ornament. I had run this route so many times, but never noticed that frogs were a popular lawn ornament. Had I known that I would have chosen something completely different <laughs> because it would have been too obvious and this wasn't going to persuade me. But I realized that it had always been there. And this is why they talk about a manifestation. The world is a very abundant place. There are plenty of opportunities. There's a a lot of financial abundance around there. You have to. You can lift the veil to see it when you train your brain to look for that specifically. Absolutely. And then yeah. Endless. And and
0: also what you've described there isn't it? Is is your reticular activation system had kicked in? Because I know a few years ago I wanted I I ordered a. Uh, a Mini Cooper convertible car in red. Up until that point, <laughs> having seen there were very many convertible red Minis where I live, all of a sudden I ordered mine. And it's like, oh, my God, every other car almost is <laughs> a red convertible Mini Cooper. But it is true, isn't it? Once you switch on that part of your brain, if you start wanting to count blue cars or see, see a frog or whatever, something switches in your brain that all of a sudden, you see that frog, you see that colored car, etc, etc.
1: That in addition to we also have uh, cognitive biases. So we are very incredible creators where we get to create our subjective experience in this Mm -hmm. very objective world. So if I'm saying and just bringing it back to money, if I'm saying, oh, it's very easy to make money, Well, then that'll be my bias and my experience is, oh, it's easy for me to ask for money. Do you want to give me money? And I don't have guilt about that. It's just asking. I'm not doing any harm because that's my belief. And I'm confirming that that's that's my reality. And so you get to create that. And now at that point, it's just a matter of what do you want to see? (laughs) What do you want to see? What do you want to experience from this run around you? And then especially in the way that it translates with money, do you want to work hard for your money or do you want it to be easy for you to ask for more money? Just begin to persuade yourself what's possible and then your brain will do the work of of showing you these biases. It's not that it it's not that it's not hard for some people to make money, but it does make it, a, you resist it less often because yeah. you you're you seeing the ways with, in which it's possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as your manifestation, manifesting is concerned, and your relationship with money now, how big and bold <laughs> do you feel confident going?
1: Oh, gosh, I know. So here's the thing. It's like, There's a law of gestation. Everything has a has a gestation period. So whatever when I get from point A to point B, depending on where I started out, so some people say circumstances don't matter. Hear you, but they're relevant for how much time it's going to take you to get to the other point. You can't expect to be somebody who generates forty thousand dollars a year and then feel super confident asking for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That you have, to, it's going to take some time to persuade yeah. yourself of this belief. So you also find the information that is required for you to ask that and know where to go to ask for it and and what skills and to accumulate those skills. So for me, because my starting off point was so Unstable, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's instability there. I even now I'm still uncovering the ways I I resist money or I block money into my life, and then saying so when I'm asking for nine hundred and ninety-seven dollars for a particular package, I know that it's just a matter of me saying, well, now it's worth twelve hundred. And when I, after I affirm it over and over again, then I believe it. So I'm still taking those steps one after another. I know my future. Like I mean, I can tell you with absolute certainty, I'm going to be a published author. I'm going to be have paid speaking engagements. I know exactly what my family situation looks like because I know what I'm creating for myself. The time it, and I know that with absolute certainty, and I'm not attached to how long it takes to get there because I know it's happening either way. However, an example of how I'm still blocking my money manifestations is I'm still attached to money. So when I spend money, I feel uncomfortable when I spend money because I have a past experience that when I spend money, I might not be able to pay my electric bill. And so that sends discomfort through me because I don't want to lose the money because I'm also saying that this money is important for my survival because I might not survive if I don't have this money. And our biology is that when something is detached from us, we feel sadness, we feel frustration, we feel anger when an expectation isn't met, all of these low vibrational frequencies. So I, when I spend money and I still feel discomfort, I know I'm not there yet. Because if when I feel good, when I feel safe and secure and a sense of freedom, when I spend money, that's when I know I feel comfortable. I know with absolute certainty, this money will return and everything has a flow to it. So until I can just release all attachment for money and just let it flow, I'm still sort of like getting in the way of jumping into a highway and blocking all the cars and be like, no, no, just stay right here instead of letting the traffic roll as it goes through and just letting it be. Yeah. And I suspect that one of the
0: reasons why you're feeling that, you know, that pain when it comes to spending money is it sounds to me like you have an accumulator money archetype going on there. Because do you know about money archetypes? No, no. I don't. Okay, so... Um, we all, there are eight money archetypes in total, and our relationship with money is defined by three of those archetypes, essentially. Um, and I liken our money archetypes, we're the chairperson of our board. Our money archetypes are our board directors. The more we understand our board directors, their characteristics, their gifts, their challenges, their strengths, the more we can lean in to the relevant board director when it comes to making a decision about money. An accumulator much, 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 much prefers to save money for that rainy day. They actually can feel pain when it comes to spending money because they're fearful. If I take that money out of the pot, what happens if I can't replace that money into the pot? So, they're far, far more comfortable with saving that money. There's never going to be a rainy enough day probably Mm -hmm. for an accumulator to feel comfortable in spending that money. But when you understand that you have that going on and you understand it can be a limiter for you, that is when you can go, okay, I recognize what's going on here. I recognize the discomfort I'm feeling, but at the same time, You could have a a romantic archetype. So the romantic archetype enjoys spending money, enjoys the good things in life, enjoys rewarding themselves and those around them by buying gifts by spending money on themselves. They see that they're worth it. So if you have an accumulator archetype, that's going, no, no, save money and a romantic archetype going, no, 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 no. I want to celebrate my family and what I've achieved this week. What you can do is, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lean into my romantic archetype because actually I've worked bloody hard this month and I've achieved my revenue target. So why should I feel guilt or pain for spending that money? So you lean away from one and into the other. Does that make sense?
1: It does. So I would... Here's the thing with that, though. I would suggest that I have both a romantic and an accumulator.
0: You will, because you'll have three of them. You'll have three archetypes. Okay, so then...
1: OK, so then that, again, is based off this behavioral pattern of living in an environment where I was we were always spending money. So yep. it I still spend money, even though I feel uncomfortable spending it. But it, it and to the point where I just wasn't. I was so attached to it and I, I translate this more into in the spiritual space of release all attachment to things. And I, I think that that's based on the fact that when we attach to anything, we will feel low vibrational feelings or we will feel upset by anything we attach ourselves to. So an expected experience, money, a house, a specific person. I, and then the moment they leave, so whether you know a relationship or um, a job, when that's gone, that was detrimental to your survival uh, as a, just as a species. And so whenever your body's saying you need to recoup this because that's what was helpful for you for surviving. I get what you're saying. I would, So I guess I don't understand what the recommendation would be because I can tell you that spending is not my issue. I'm And saving is not my issue because that's also not really happening. So it's like, I mean, it's happening now, but that's because I need to develop the, the pattern of doing it because it wasn't something that I did before. And human beings are energetically optimized. So we'll just continue creating the way that we've been creating based off of muscle memory with less energy than it takes for us to shift those. So it requires so much more energy for me to save money because I've never done it before and I'm not used to it. And then once, but once I do it, I create this new new pattern of saving, and then it will come very easily to me.
0: I would suggest that possibly your third money archetype is connector because connector doesn't really want to attach any value to money, doesn't really want to think about money. But once you understand what your three money archetypes are, that is when you can, you can take, make an intentional decision rather than it almost be a decision based on, wow, that's the way I am. That's how I've always been. I've never been good at saving. You could actually go, well, okay, I recognize I haven't been good at saving. That is down to one of my archetypes. What I'm going to do instead, I'm going to lean into my other, one of my other archetypes that does allow me. To actually think more about saving, so it's it, what it does. It, it informs your decisions rather than almost traumatize you. Why? Why do I have this push, push me, pull me relationship? Why do I feel I want to hang on to money, but at the same time, I want to spend it? If I want to spend it, why am I not having joy in spending it? And once you start to have a greater understanding of why you're having those feelings, you can then create the behaviors to change it.
1: So that's why I would then go back to this idea of this idea, the science of attachment. Yeah. And so I'm very clearly attached to like the money is attached to my survival. And I don't believe that it's going to come because I'm working under the belief that it's, it, it's very, um, it's scarce. Yeah. And it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't come in as quickly as it leaves because now my brain's replaying these past experiences. Yeah. Our beliefs, behavioral patterns, and past experiences strongly dictate our thoughts, feelings, and actions in this present moment.
0: Absolutely. So if
1: I'm saying that I want to shift that, then I would then say, well, what thoughts do I want to have about money? That it's always flowing to me and that it's easy for me to accumulate and I'm always asking for money and I'm always receiving money and I have a high expectation for when I'm receiving money, all of my stuff is high value and it deserves I deserve to get paid as such. And then whenever I have a old thought of, wait, why do I want to spend this money and feeling frustrated? Because then that would be the low vibrational anyway. And we're just, there's nothing of benefit in that space whenever we're thinking about something. And then I would, I would train my brain to have a different thought through these affirmations. So when I have an affirmation of money's always leaving, or when I have a thought of money's always leaving me, I quickly swap it for money is always flowing into my life. I potentially even visualize a moment in time where money unexpectedly flew into my life. So that's my new past experience. But, um, and then I have this, I do this new one. So I set a new neural pathway to not have this old thought anymore. And I just continue to weaken that past experience and that old thought until it's the new one. I hear what you're saying about archetypes. I so there is a ton of really good information. They also have human um, design.
0: Yeah, I know um, of it. I don't know mine. I know of it yeah.
1: And so um, that comes up often when I have these types of conversations because it's in manifestation. I have a deep understanding of the the 14 universal laws. Beyond that, I, I just don't feel inspired yet to go to a different direction and and get more information because I'm still working on this, how am I creating in the present moment? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Is that what I want? Okay, that is good. And then as many present moments as I can create, they compound to create my reality. If I create more moments in time where I'm asking for money or where I'm looking, I'm finding ways to create money and I'm spending less moments in time thinking about how I want to spend my money and what I want, then I'm going to be somebody who generates more income than outflow. And then, you know, and then obviously if I detach from anything, I know I just always have a sense of peace whenever something comes in and out of my life because I'm no longer reacting to some circumstances happening around me. I'm fulfilled and, and I have. Everything that I need internally. And so then that's what keeps everything sort of going into this flow. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I I hear, I absolutely hear what you're saying. I, there was, I don't know if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Yes. Yeah. So he has this thing of, I don't want to meditate because I don't want to mess up what I've got going on. He's like, whatever I'm doing is working for me and I don't want to meditate on it. And I used to be like, this guy, because meditation's so helpful, but I don't even meditate anymore because I feel like such a sense of peace just all the time. I listen to my affirmations and I'll take quiet time, I'll take siestas. But I'm now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, nope, I'm I'm, I'm moving at my own pace. <laughs> and I think and I think that's exactly
0: it. I think it is a case of Providing the evidence for our subconscious. And if it's working, right. our subconscious will keep supporting us. So why, why go down a different path if that path is still working and taking us in the direction that we want to go in? And I think that is, you know, that is a, a super way to look at things.
1: And I love about that that it's about persuading your subconscious because whatever you can do to convince whatever you want to convince your brain of, you know, or your subconscious of, I mean, yeah. so much is happening unconsciously. That's all the better. That's why I went to science. I couldn't just be very, I mean, manifesting and it, it it's a practice of choosing to embody somebody who knows with absolute certainty what they're going for. I, my brain couldn't figure that out. I couldn't logically process that. I had to then break down okay, well, how do I know with absolute certainty? Well I can conv- I can persuade myself through affirmations to know with absolute certainty because when I affirm something over and over again, I be- it becomes a belief of mine. So when I started putting those puzzle pieces together, it became so easy to start. To start having a new set of beliefs around money because I knew exactly what I had to do. And my brain no longer needed to be convinced of is this possible? I knew it was possible. The science supported it. And it's yeah. objective science. So what I complete whatever you need to, to convince yourself that the easier the better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you you spoke a lot there with regards to being in the here and now, being you know, being present in the here and now, does that mean that you are or you aren't very connected with your future
1: self? Uh, so I would describe that as there's no oh gosh, there's no such thing as future self.
0: <laughs> uh, whatever you know, I I I very much do believe in my future self. I can see her. She she kind of she's there down the path watching me, but. Different people have absolutely different beliefs, and the importance of this podcast is to explore all of that. So, over to you.
1: To that point, it's so interesting how a lot of the time we'll say the same things, but in different ways. Yeah. So that was one thing that I learned about manifesting uh, after I sort of understood that science is very closely related to it. Was when they said something, when something was said of lifting the veil, it's shifting what what's relevant to you, or saying something like embody a version of self, we have to be somebody who creates what you're doing. So it all sort of, I, it became less confusing for me. That's why I I said, I usually describe myself as demystifying manifestation, because it's, it can be very plainly put, or said differently, and then somebody else picks up on so I'm absolutely with you on all the different ways to explain. I would, so my, my, my belief and where I said is I'm always in this perpetual present moment. There's, I'm never in the future. I'm never in the past. I'm just here. I'm having a series of thoughts, feelings, and actions. What I do with this, while it seems like in a minute moment where I, nothing really matters, those add up. The more I'm present and consciously choosing what I'm creating and choosing my thoughts and choosing my feelings and choosing the action that I'm going to take, the more I'm going to create what I desire to create. So I just have to show up in this present moment. I do envision. So as I said before, we usually have thoughts, feelings, and actions based off of past experiences Mm -hmm. and behavioral patterns. What I would suggest from that is there's a vision of the future and you can begin to train your brain to have thoughts, feelings, and actions based off of that future projection of what you're creating for yourself. So then I, then I'm always, when I'm, triggering a thought when a thought's triggered because they just always run through. I can train myself to always just tap back into that present moment of me signing books after my book's been published or me speaking in front of a large crowd or, you know, me with my family in my home by the beach, whatever that looks like, or what that vision might be like, the more I am in the moment say, what do I want to create and envision the future instead of saying, well, what happened in the past? I want to make sure I don't make those mistakes again. The more my brain will start to do that. Yeah. So I have a vision of the future. I don't feel connected to a future self because I only identify as this self in the present moment, but I can definitely see how that, that would be really valuable of you seeing somebody in you identifying as a future self for me. I, I sort of, I can't, it I and mean, really to the, extent that it's a lot we have so many capabilities and there's so many options and shifting what you're creating i equate it to a whirlpool because again humans are energetically optimized we'll just continue to create in this whirlpool exactly the way that we've been creating through our muscle memory based off of past experiences because that effectively helped us to survive for a specific amount of time yeah I know that some people may disagree with me, but my belief is that our purpose is simply to evolve as a species on a universe that is forever evolving. <laughs> so yeah, we're at this. We're at the highest level right now at this level of consciousness that other animals might not be, or plants and, and species that aren't available to them. But here, we're just continuing this evolution. From you know, we used to be fish, and now we're human beings, and what we turn into, we don't know. So I'm. I'm it helps me survive. That's my intention is to survive. Beyond that, we also have to evolve when we do something that ex- helps us evolve and learn and grow. That's where we get a deep sense of purpose and meaning. And then I, I just sort of move in that direction of, okay, if it's we'll, we'll continue to create, but we have to be a little bit uncomfortable. So we have to push against the whirlpool to create something different for ourselves. Yeah. That requires a lot of energy. Just being present requires energy. Yeah. Train yourself to be present. That requires more effort and energy than not.
0: I agree. You've never done
1: it before. But once you train yourself to do it, muscle memory, you'll just be more present more often. So it's getting that whirlpool kicking before you can start going into the flow. And I think that also deters a lot of people from creating something different or saying, I want to envision my future self, but it's just, I'm exhausted. Yeah, you probably are (laughs) because you hadn't done it before. And that's okay. Take a nap. We should be napping more. <laughs> Especially when you're doing something new because if not, guess what you're going to do? Get swept back up in that old whirlpool and go right back to the person that you were. Exactly. The more you push against it, the slower you move, the more you give yourself time to rest because you are For people who work who work 20 hours, you know, 20 hours a day. That's crazy. 18 hours a day, it would be more difficult for them to stop working because they're so used to it. Yep. Even though you're like, it's oh, they're
0: in the habit. That. But
1: it actually requires more energy because their body's like, what's happening? This hasn't happened before. So I, I usually, I like to visualize it in that way of, okay, now I'm envisioning the future. I need to make it a practice of visioning the future. And I need to make it a practice of being present and choosing. And then, you know, eventually it just becomes so much easier. Yeah.
0: How different do you think your life would be now if you hadn't come to manifesting?
1: I'm laughing because I... I have this other belief that in each present moment, we only have the information we have to go to the next present moment. And then we get more information. So we have this belief of we all have free will. But there's a sneaky feeling of do we though, because we only have all the information we have in the moment. So if I could never make a different decision, because I'm always just with the information I currently have maybe that information is to select a you know to to go get more information and to research more i could only make that decision so i'm i'm really only and this is as early and fast as i could have gotten there yeah. because i've only had what was available to me and the experiences that were available to me i i i do believe that i am exponentially growing with this information because now i'm sort of i'm pulling into alignment. I'm not fully there, I'm being honest, because I still have these attachments to things and I I'm still working through whatever habits that I have. And I don't think we ever stop I know we don't ever stop evolving. That's just again what we do here. So I I don't know that I I I there could be any other way for me to go about it except to be here right now with you. <laughs> there was there's no other scenario where that existed. I I mean I would have loved to but one thing I do make a point in in um, realizing for myself is when I evolve, I give, I create, I do all this work. My children are an extension of me. They are an evolution of me and they will go on for the generation. And Then what I do will ripple out to them and inform them. And I I need to physically take that action and show them about this action and, and being leaning into discomfort and, and learning more and the value high value in that. So I, whatever I do, a lot of it is just a, uh, saying I have to do this to give my daughters a, f- a further extension. And from there, they're you know that generation. And, and again, it's my belief that we just want to extend our bloodline, <laughs> and you know, and just live and like anything, like ivy, like a tree growing. We just want to grow. So I'm, I'm doing as much work as I can and, and doing the best that I can. I know it doesn't serve me to say that I'm being lazy in those moments where I just don't have the energy. I now I I've have the belief that I just need to rest because then I make better decisions when I rest and I take my time and this is the best that I could do and I can only do what what's right here everything is working out in my favor and so on and so forth
0: But I think in a high octane world and, you know, even more so now coming out of the pandemic where people are rapidly trying to get back to what they were doing before the pandemic, even though we all have learned, I think. (laughs) It's beneficial to stop and take our time. But I think lots of people are in that. I need to catch up with friends and I need to go back to these events and I need to be back in in real life again as soon as possible. I think to have the ability that you clearly have to stop, take stock and recognize that sometimes just resting, just (laughs) taking time is actually probably serving you far better than those of us who are going, I need to get back out there. I need to be back on it. I need to be doing, 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 doing. Because actually, any of the benefits that we had from lockdown, from spending more time with our families, reflecting on who we are, where we are, where we're going, we've probably forgotten that already and trying to replicate that high octane approach that we had to life, which so many of us said was not what we wanted to be doing. So I do wonder having the perspective that you have of, it's okay for me to be here being quiet. It's okay for me being here and not feeling to have to be constantly searching for that next thing. Sounds to me, you're, you're very much at peace with that.
1: It, it come, how I, how I would explain this to somebody is you're creating whether you're aware of it or not. If you are not aware of what you're creating by taking, coming back into the present moment and really being intentional with what thoughts, feelings, and actions am I taking in this present moment? It's happening unconsciously based on what's going on around you. So you, you have a choice. You can either consciously create and choose what's fulfilling to you. And again, it's my belief that the purpose is learning, growth, expansion, personal development, intrinsic rewards of feeling pride and everything coming from within. And, or you could scroll through social media and have someone tell you exactly what makeup they're, they, They're wearing and that you should buy it because it's fantastic. What exactly you should be eating, even if that might not be good for your particular body type, what workouts you should be doing. You're so either way, you're doing something you could do it based on unconsciously based off of everything that's being fed to you, or you could slow down. And just happen and make it a practice to step into the present moment and ask yourself, what experience do I want to have? What thoughts do I want to have? What actions do I want to take? And then you can be, begin creating it. When you, when you lay it out like that, <laughs> it almost, because again, we're, we're peeling to the brain's logic. You'll go back into the unconscious manifesting. But then when you realize you're in it, it's like, Oh, wait, is this what I want? Just that thought and is telling me that there's already been a shift happening. Yeah. You have more information now than you had the moments prior. And eventually, because you'll you'll just keep getting met with frustration and you know and, and point, for me, a lot of people will have their rock bottom moment. For me, my rock bottom moment was I was, I had all the things. I was, um, I was married. I had my daughters. I had a house. I, I should have been very happy. We were, were financially, pretty much financially stable at the time. We both had good jobs. I had, was making the most money I had been making in corporate and I was just not fulfilled. I had no idea what my what my purpose was or, and that the word was just rolling around and I would go and I would do these quizzes to figure out, you know, like, Oh, what is my purpose? I asked my friends and family, how do I add value to you? I was looking for everything outside of myself to tell uh-huh. me what to do yeah. because I couldn't figure it out. And it, and it would never, it never satisfied me until I, I started making that shift. And once you do it one moment, then you go on to the next, it, it starts to become, more of a habitual pattern. And then before you know it, you're you're consciously creating your reality where you feel empowered to make decisions. You're not responding to when someone doesn't meet your expectation or when there's traffic, you know that you'll get there. It's, you know, God willing, no one's dying. And, you know, eventually that that's where you're going to end up and all of that. So um, it, it's just one... Eventually it goes to exponential growth, I think, for for everybody. Even if they're listening to your podcast, I would suggest that they're already on their way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doing that based off of you know the things that you discuss on your podcast. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think you know that that is you know the whole purpose for the podcast really is to get people thinking about their relationship with money, how it is impacting them, and how they intentionally want to take action. And what that action is, you know, they want to take. So I think this is this is a podcast for action takers. They may not all take action at the same time, but there will be, I hope, many of those light bulb moments, either me or my guests, that sets a train of consciousness off where they start to realize they want to move from, from where they are to where they want to go. And the steps that they need to take in the middle so if somebody is new to manifesting but is is taking real interest in what you've said what would be the baby steps they start to make on that journey
1: because it requires effort to and energy to change what you're currently creating for yourself i always recommend getting a good list of affirmations They should be closely related to what your beliefs currently are because affirmations have been proven to persuade. They're not magic, but they can persuade you of new beliefs. So if you're saying, if you're making $80,000 a year and you'd like to be making $100,000 a year, I would start with an affirmation of my, that I am worth $100,000 a year. I add value to my team. I am always providing value for my team, always finding new ways to get more skills to add more value to my team, because those are things that when you begin to tell your, to persuade yourself that those are true, then you will begin to feel good about it. So we've we've switched the thought through affirmations. We've persuaded ourselves to think differently. We begin to feel good about it. So we're in alignment as they describe it. And then you take inspired action from there. You can't not take action. You can't not ask for that raise because you have a deep belief that you're worth this money. And so you have no choice, but to say, Hey, I deserve more. And then you are somebody who goes and asks for it or says, I can expand the team here or I'm better placed in a, in a management role where I can take on more responsibility, whatever that looks like. Or, you know, and it could be something that's not so traditional. And maybe you set up a, a, a side business and there's an additional revenue stream. But whatever it is, I always recommend starting with affirmations, making a list of up to from 10, 10 to 30 affirmations, I record mine on my voice memo app on my iPhone for 20 minutes. I just repeat it, pause so I can repeat it when I listen to it. And then I pop those in when I wake up in the morning. I make my cough well, I brush my teeth. I make my coffee and then I'll feed my pets. So I'm affirming in the morning. And then as I'm doing my nighttime routine, I pop them in. I wash my face. I put on moisturizer and I'm affirming I'm of high value. I contribute to the, to the world around me. I'm a really good human being. Everything is working out for my favor, in my favor. And I genuinely believe that. So if, if, if you're doing it specifically around money, that's where I would land. Start with affirmations, and before you know it, you're getting these light bulb moments or um, these inspired action thoughts, and then you have no choice but to take them. But so that that's goes the line with anything.
0: <laughs> no, that's brilliant. A really, really helpful way to start. So, how do people connect
1: with you, Brittany? I can be found on TikTok at Manifesting with Brit, on Instagram at Manifesting with Brit. And then I have, I do a podcast, uh, Manifesting with Britney. We're doing a relaunch this week. We'll be starting off talking about quantum leaks.
0: Wow, fantastic. And for everybody, those details will be in the show notes so they can easily connect with you. Thank you very much. It's been fascinating. As I say, it's not an area I have been overly familiar with, but I can see there's a lot that resonates with what I do, how I work with my clients and the synergies between what you do as well. So that's been good to hear. And also your approach to everything. That's really, really useful. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. I
1: appreciate it. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. If you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social media tagging me, Leslie Thomas Coaching on Instagram or the Money Mastery Business Coach on Facebook. But if you do, I promise I will give you a shout out in a future episode and I will be hugely grateful. I can also be found at Leslie-Thomas on LinkedIn. If you would like a copy of my free resource, three mindset shifts to double your income, then please go to leslieathomas.com forward slash let's hyphen talk hyphen money. I would love to hear from you, so please do email me at leslieathomas.com. I will reply to all messages, but please do be patient. Until next time, remember, master your mindset, and in turn, you can master the money you make in your business.